You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back to episode 56 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Brandon Rendini Fitness.com. Brandon Rendini Fitness.com, where lifestyle and fitness go hand in hand. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. What up? Anybody over there today? Nope. Nope, just us today. No stack guy rise, sorry to disappoint. Stack guy rise playing baseball today. He doesn't have, it, there's no stats needed today. Why not? Why not? Because I'll give you all the stats you need right off the top of my head. The first thing we want to do is come out and just get this out of the way quickly. Apologies to our fans that they did not get to hear episode 55 in its entirety on Friday. Uh, there was a glitch in the recording. The lost episode. I'm, maybe if we're doing this in 10 years from now. I'll release that episode. Was it really that bad? It sounded like you were doing the show from across the street. That's what it sounded like. I bet you people would have still liked it. People still would have listened, but we've gotten to a point where, you know, maybe not everyone likes our show every week, but our our sound quality is pretty good. And I think that's a big part of why people enjoy listening to us, so I'm not going to put out shit content like that, you know? Come on, we're better than that. All right. It was. It was. If we didn't have the interview, I would have put the the show out. So we were able to salvage the interview. Hopefully, you guys had a chance to listen to that. Uh, Terry Cushman of the Avid Boston Pod. Give since they didn't hear it last week. Give him your pod. My fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm fucking Terry Cushman. I'm coming on this fucking podcast right now, and I'm going to talk about the fucking socks. Okay. You missed about forty five minutes of that. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, you know, we like to hold ourselves to a certain standard, and, you know, I trust Chris's knowledge on uh, the technical aspect of it, and if he said the audio was unusable, the audio was unusable, but still, you know, we want to apologize, because we know that we have a lot of loyal listeners that were looking forward to it, but at least you guys got something on Friday. Yeah. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Probably couldn't have been worse than Sonny Gray's performance last night, though. Nope. Um, so we're not going to go back and rehash anything. He's not a disgrace, though. All right, can we, can I get this out of the way, please? Episode 55 is lost. We're not going to go back and rehash anything. We're just going to take episode 56 as it was meant to be. Come on. And, um. That's it. And cover the first two games of the Red Sox series. We're here Sunday morning and, uh. We're going to get this out so you can listen to it before uh, Game 3 of the series tonight. So we did the same thing against the Mets series. I kind of like that when there's a Sunday night baseball. When there's a big series and it's Sunday night baseball, I think it's I think it's nice. I like it. But So Friday night, Yanks come out. The 8-1 victory. CC comes out. And, I mean, probably, the, in my opinion, the best win of the season. 
for this team. I mean, just all around. Because earlier when they started to get hot and they won big games, their defense was still a little shaky. And you'd be like, yeah, the pitching was good, the offense was good, but there was a couple errors, so on and so forth. I just think the Yankees played such a sound baseball game on Friday night. And it was a good feeling. The offense has been struggling a little bit. They come out, they score eight runs against the Boston Red Sox. They shut down Eduardo uh, Rodriguez, who pitches well against pitches them. very well against the Yankees, uh, who has actually been pitching very well of late, I believe. Um, and you felt great. I mean, you went into the series and you thought win, lose, win, and you would have taken that. And then after the Yankees set the tone on Friday, you're almost like, you know what? Let's ride this. Sonny Gray is going to be good tomorrow. This team's going to come out and win tomorrow. Maybe they'll sweep. Not so much. I told, We were watching a game together last night, and I told you as soon as he did not put away Martinez, he didn't have it. Sonny Gray is so predictable that you know in yeah. the first inning yep. whether or not he's going to have a good start or not. Once he gets past even 12, 13 pitches in that first inning, you just know he's done for the evening. Yeah. When Sonny Gray has his great games, he, what, throws 8, 9, 10 pitches in the first inning? Yeah. And, last and he no- was he was there. He was, he was... But he couldn't put away J.D. Martinez. No, and you... I literally, I mean... The second he couldn't get him out, those words came out of your mouth. He's in trouble tonight. And it wasn't even that, oh, it was an infield hit, whatever. No, I knew it from the second he got up in that count, and Martinez kept fouling ball after ball off. Because Sonny Gray didn't have his put-away pitch. And that was it. And that was it last night. When Sonny Gray doesn't have a put-away pitch, he's garbage. And it's not even that he gave up a grand slam last night. It's that he had two outs in the inning. At with no any, one on. With no one on. With no one on. He had two outs in the inning with nobody on. And at any point in that inning, he could have shut that down. Spiraled out of control. Spiraled. I, I feel like the biggest jerk in the world because week after week in the offseason, I came out here and I said, Sonny Gray will have a huge season for the Yankees. And you're not the year. only one. You're not the only one that... I can't tell you how many people I talked to that said the same thing to me. And I agreed. And I sat there and I watched his stuff last year. And I, you know, adjustment period from a guy coming over from Oakland into New York. And if you look at Sonny's numbers, they weren't that bad last year. He pitched to a, what, 3-7-1 ERA or something in that neighborhood last year. That's not bad. It's not good for what they expected out of him. but But at this point, I would sign up for that every day now. With what he's done? No, but if you were looking at all the factors combined, a guy that pitched to a sub-four ERA, pitching in a pennant race, and really, Oakland was only good one year in the entire time Sonny Gray was there. And now he's got he's got that out of the way, acclimated to New York. I just thought with his stuff, man, I, he should be so much better than this. All right. And can I say something? I don't buy into the whole... He's not mentally tough enough for New York. I don't buy into that. Do you? I just I don't think it's that. I I these Look, guys I don't are major league baseball. I don't players, appreciate okay? people coming out here. You wanna you wanna say a number of different things about Sonny Gray, but to say that he's mentally weak This guy's going out there, it's and look, I don't buy I put out that a, I don't buy. I put out a tweet on my personal Twitter. I attacked Sonny Gray. I didn't attack the person. 
I attacked the pitcher in which the Yankees thought they were getting and spent six and a half million dollars on giving up three bigger prospects in our system. That's who I attacked. And now people are attacking me. But let me say something. I will back Sonny Gray in the fact that he's not mentally weak. This guy's not going out there and he's he's just being intimidated by major other Major League Baseball players just because he's in New York. It doesn't work that way. This guy is, is pitching in the American League East. Okay, you want to tell me maybe that's a big difference? Fine. But you know what? I actually, in his worst performance last night, as Sonny Gray hit rock bottom, is what I will say, I actually gained respect for him last night. Because for the first time, I watched a post-game interview with Sonny Gray, and he looked into the cameras and told us he was embarrassing. He sucked. For the first time, I heard that out of his mouth. Maybe he said it before, but I've never heard it. And I gained respect for Sonny Gray last night. Said something to the effect of, we're a great team for four, for four days, then I come out here. And Here's his, I'll give you the exact quotes right here, and then you can react to them if you want. He said, I feel like we're the best team in baseball four out of five days, and then I come out there. He said, I've been bad against multiple teams. That was embarrassing for me. I didn't see the post game because I didn't really. I got everything on Twitter before yes aired it, so I didn't watch it. But apparently, people were saying his voice was cracking. He was a little uneven in his words. So he's obviously the guy cares. He's not going out there and and stinking up the joint, and then going back in the locker room and playing video games like he doesn't have a care in the world. No. The guy obviously understands that he's been bad and wants to do better. And. To continue, he said, right now, um, he said, pitching on this stage is is fun, but it's not much fun for me right now. He goes, if I was out there, this is referring to the booze that he got. He goes, if I was out there, I probably would have booed me even louder. He said, if the, he's worried about the Yankees will lose patience in him, he says, with his voice cracking again, uh, nah. Ah. I mean, you can't walk away from from listening to an interview like that and hate the guy, right? I mean, I mean, and even Aaron, I, I watched mo- Aaron Boone's post game press conference, and he had multiple chances to throw Sonny right under the bus, and he didn't. He won't, and he won't, and nor should he. No, and Sonny Gray showed vulnerability last night, and you like to see that. I mean, what has Boone's been one of Boone's like major themes this year is building guys back up that have been bad. And, and you know what? It's been a very small sample size, but, you know, Chase and Shreve came in a couple uh, ninth inning games and, and got through the inning. I think he gave up a run last night. Last but night, that, but who cares? I mean, even Holder gave, Holder up, a gave up a run. Uh, Which I felt so bad for Holder that he had to even pitch in that mess yeah. last night. But, you know, there's no one else. I mean, what are you going to do? But you know what? Sonny Gray, the person I feel for right now. He doesn't want to suck. He doesn't want to keep going out there and doing this. But Sonny Gray, the player, I don't feel bad for. I mean, this has to stop. This can't keep happening. Your team is is in a his, historical race right now. I mean, you're looking at two teams. that are on pace to win over 105 games right now. It's unbelievable. 
And this, the Yankees and the Red Sox, just to put this into perspective, have never won 100 games in the same season. Okay, so now they're both on pace to win over 105. This is historical right now. You can't go out there and give up six runs in two innings and end up being taken out in the third inning. That's not what you're here for. No, it's not. But let's logically, I know what you want to say, but let's logically break this down of what the Yankees' options are with Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, here's the first thing. Unless he completely turns it around, proves to you that he can pitch at home, he does not face the Boston Red Sox for the rest of the season. I don't care what needs to happen. He does not face the Boston Red Sox for the rest of the season. That's the first thing. Well, what if it's in Fenway Park? I don't care. What do you do against them last time in Fenway Park? Well, you know what? The team was as a whole wasn't really playing. I don't well. care. I don't care. That's the first thing. Okay. The first thing is he doesn't face the Red Sox again for the rest of 2018. All right, so just to back up what you were saying there, Sonny Gray has made 16 starts this season. Splits are even, 8 home, 8 road. Right. On the road, his ERA is 3.28. I know. Which you would be ecstatic for. Beyond ecstatic. At Yankee Stadium, in his home ballpark, the dude has an 8.25 ERA. It is literally... Well, not literally, because he's proving that it, it isn't. But it should be impossible at your home ballpark that you would have an ERA five runs higher than what it is on the road. It's crazy. And he said he's aware of it. I mean, he was he didn't pull one of those stunts where he was like, nah, I don't look at those things. He said he's aware of it. He knows. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what to do. And I think that's where I get most frustrated with Sonny Gray. His answer is always, I don't know. Let's find an answer. I mean, something's got to be going wrong. All right, so what is it then? I mean, you you know, he's you got to figure he's putting in the work in between his starts. Yeah, of course. I mean, this so is you a know little he, league. These guys are going home to their parents. All right, so you know he's putting in the work in between his starts, yes. right? So what is it? They said that he's got to attack the zone more often. He does it, and then he doesn't do it. So why does he get out of doing it? Then he said he needed... Then they came up with this reason that he needed Austin Roman as his catcher. Clearly, that has nothing to do with his success at all. No. No. Uh, It doesn't matter who he's throwing to. I mean, this guy needs to... His problem is that he's... Letting the outside elements really affect him, I think. Um, and that doesn't mean he's mentally weak. just means that he needs more focus on the mound. Sonny Gray's biggest issue in my mind is he doesn't know how to put a Band-Aid over a cut. Right. He just lets that cut get infected until the arm falls off. Do you know in 61 when Maris just kept opening up the newspaper? But he knew he was going to read some miserable things about himself. But he just kept opening it up. You think Sonny follows? I feel like Sonny Gray continues to go out there, especially in the Bronx. And he goes out there, and he gives up this this infield single to J.D. Martinez. And in his head, he's going, here we go. Here we go. Now I'm probably going to walk this next guy. Now this is going to happen. Now Devers is coming up. Here comes my grand slam that I give up. So instead of that, why doesn't he just buckle down? 
and throw his best pitches to that next guy. He needs to stop worrying about where he is, who he's facing, and he needs to be Sonny Gray right now. It's so easy to tell when Sonny Gray is not confident about himself. Sonny Gray When Sonny Gray gets into a deep count, it's because he doesn't feel like he can put a a batter away. You know, with all this technology now and all these scouting reports... There's so much that goes into every single pitch of every count of every batter. And Sonny Gray, I feel, needs to put all that aside right now. As a pitcher myself, there were times in my my career, whatever you want to call it, where I didn't care who was hitting. I didn't care if it was the, the leadoff hitter. I didn't care if it was the cleanup hitter. I didn't care if it was the nine guy. And in those times when I didn't care who I was facing, it was because I was working through something for myself. And until I got past that point, I didn't care about who was hitting and what the scouting report was. Because truth is, I'd let it eat me up and I'd get beat anyway. And I feel like Sonny Gray is so worried about J.D. Martinez, what he hits on a 2-0 count or a 2-1 count, and then he tries to get too cute. and then Yeah, but he was ahead in the count. I'm just (laughs) saying in general. And it... And it becomes a mental block. It becomes a mind game. And I think he needs to simplify the game right now for himself. I think he truly does. I think he needs to strip everything and he needs to simplify it. And he needs to figure out how to stop letting himself beat himself. Because at the end of the day, no one beats Sonny Gray better than Sonny Gray. I agree with that. I think that's a very fair point that Sonny Gray is his, is Sonny Gray's biggest opponent. It's the truth. And that's and that's the product of of a guy who has great stuff. That he is so unsuccessful right now has nothing to do with him not being a good pitcher. He's working within himself right now and he needs to get past this. All right, so we got sidetracked a little bit. What are the Yankees' realistic options for Sonny Gray right now? If you're screaming at your radio or whatever it is that you listen to this podcast on, DFA, just bang your head into the wall. The Yankees are not designating Sonny Gray for assignment. No. I think he needs to be injured. I think you give him one more start. And they're not – here's why. I wouldn't be opposed to skipping him. But they're not going to, and I told you this earlier. Why his next start is in Toronto, and he was what, phenomenal last time. What, yeah, what he he gave up? Did he? he no, he that was the two game, hits. That was the game where Judge won it in the thirteenth with the home run, and Sonny went eight scoreless. Eight scoreless and only gave up two hits. I think so. The Yankees are going to see that, and they're going to say, "Listen, we need to build this guy's confidence back up." So why are we going to skip him when his next start is in a building against a team that he had his best start of the year in? They're not going to do that. Let me ask you this: with with off days, with the rainouts, and so on and so forth, is there any way the the Yankees can? Figure out a way to minimize his home starts from here on out. I'm sure if they wanted to, they could manipulate things. They could probably uh, keep a guy like Loisica around. I mean, because Tanaka's due back. Uh, what's the date I have here? He's uh, a little Tanaka news. Tanaka's scheduled to make a rehab start July 4th in Scranton. And then that would put him in line to pitch one of the games in a doubleheader in Boston, uh, not Bolt, uh, 
excuse me, Baltimore on July 9th. So you figure Tanaka comes back healthy. You got you got all your five guys plus I guess Loizica or who would you want? Herman? Herman or Loizica would be your sixth guy. Right. So you could keep one of those guys around and stretch Sonny out to avoid him pitching at home. But dude, does that send such a terrible message? Though? Just to go back uh, to Sonny's last good start. It was against the Blue Jays, like we said. Eight innings pitched, two hits, no earned runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. Has he really not pitched well since June 6th? I mean, the next time out. No, because he lost against... Uh, did he take the... No. No, he took a no decision. He he gave up four earned runs in five innings against the Nationals. Yeah, that was a game the Yankees lost. And then... Uh, five innings, two earned runs. Not good enough for me. Then the game that they won in Washington. And then he got, he got hit around in Tampa. And then we all know what happened last night. So, yeah, that was his last good start. It was June 6th. That was the last one that you would hang your hat on and say Sonny was really good tonight. <sighs> I mean, we can't, we can't keep harping on it. I mean, what are the Yankees going to do? I don't know. I don't know. Does he have options left? Can they he send does, him? He does, I think. I think but, he does. But what is that going to accomplish? I don't know. Can they? He's been arbitration eligible. I don't know if they can send him down now. Here's my thing. Sonny Gray... Even if they could, though, what would that do right. to him? Sonny Gray almost reminds me of Gary Sanchez in a way. Where you compare two guys struggling and what to do with them at that point... And a lot of people call into the radio and whatnot, and they say, Gary Sanchez should be a DH. He shouldn't be behind the plate. You need to start Romine behind the plate. But what does that do? When you're playing in the... If if this team wins a pennant and they make it to the World Series, what does that do? You're not going to sit Gary Sanchez. You're going to play him behind the plate. And now a guy that has been defensively weak has to play in some of the biggest games of the season. So it makes no sense. Same goes for Sonny Gray. If this is your guy, right? If this is the guy who you are refusing to give up on, this is your guy, you need to keep putting him out there. Whether it's in the city, whether it's in the Bronx, or it's on a, on the road. Because, like it or not, if he's your guy, he's going to be pitching in big games in the Bronx. So you need to keep throwing him out there, and he needs to figure it out. Or you release him. If he's not your guy, then he's not your guy. But in my mind, those are your only two options. Same goes for Gary Sanchez. A lot of you people don't like the way he blocks balls, but guess what? If he's their guy, you need to keep running him out there, and you need to get him better. Because sitting him and benching him or sending him down does nothing. You know, the Yankees will never release Sonny Gray. It's just not going to happen. I disagree with you. I think before I they get to you. that point, they will salvage something and trade him. I'm not saying you're going to get a lot for him. I'm not going. I'm not saying you're going to get anything near what you gave up for him. But there is a team out there that will take Sonny Gray and give you something. And I think Brian Cashman would do that and save face way before he just sends him off on the road and get nothing for him. I mean, how could you tell me that you're getting anything for Sonny Gray? 
it's almost more of an embarrassment to make a trade. No, I don't. Just think so people can look at it and say, "Look at what they got back, and look at what they gave up for this guy." At this point, if if Cashman cuts ties, at least people walk away and say, "Look, Cashman's owning up to it." He I let think him by go. trading him for trading him for no- what? Essentially nothing at this a point. A fucking bat boy. I mean, how does that look? Then people look at it and say, look what they just got back for Gray, but they gave up three of these top prospects. So then neither scenario is realistic. No, but at least releasing him just proves that you're owning up to the mistake. He's, it doesn't make sense from a baseball standpoint to let a guy with his... Come put- on, what are you getting back for Sonny Gray, Yeah, bro? but why would you just let him walk away? Because you're done with them. That's yeah, if you're it. done with them, then you trade him. For what? I don't know. And what, you're going to eat his contract? He makes $6 million. Okay. You acting like he makes $30 million. If he was making $30 million, he be, might be a worse trade than uh, Ellsbury. I just don't see the Yankees ever getting to that point where they're like, oh, we we have no use for this guy whatsoever. We don't even want to see Here's what we the biggest get question for at him. This point. Here's the biggest question. I want your honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you my answer after you give me yours. Is there any hope left that Sonny Gray can be the pitcher they expected him well, to be? Well, this is what I've been saying since the game last night. He hit absolute rock bottom last night, correct? Beyond rock bottom. So the only thing Sonny Gray can do is go up from here. Right. Can't get any worse. Can only get better, right? I agree. So now it's gut check time. Either Sonny Gray... Drops his balls on the table and says, I'm the guy. I'm tired of this shit. I'm the guy that you traded for. And I'm going to show you. Or he just proves that he doesn't have it. And then how long do you go before he's no longer an option in your in your rotation? Well, what are we doing here? Are we making a trade for a starting pitcher? Is Justice Sheffield on this? Yeah, no, team? they're getting a pitcher. They're getting a pitcher. Is I, mean, Justice Sheffield, I mean, is Justice Sheffield up here? Sheffield should be up here. So, I mean, what are the Yankees' other options? If their options are as they are constituted now, then he rides out the rest of the season. Really? No, I'm saying you know they're going to go make a move. So base it off of them going to make a move. So if they make a move... Whether it be Sheffield coming up or them getting a pitcher, I want to know how long you let this ride out. I give them the month of July. I need to see. I need to see another three or four starts from him to know that he's going to be... To just completely... Let me know that he's just he's just done here. If Sonny Gray was pitching to a three point two eight ERA like he does on the road for the entire season, are the Yankees even talking about getting a starting pitcher right now? Probably not. I would probably. I mean, say, maybe someone, maybe someone, but but the the need wouldn't be so. No, dire. the need to get in a a top level pitcher wouldn't be there. Right to get, I still think they would probably be in like the market hap, to, to get a guy. To, for depth purposes, because they, they really have no depth. I mean, look, you're going to Luis Sessa because you needed an extra starter. I think, I honestly think, I really, you might see Sheffield come up even after they get a pitcher. That might need to happen. I don't know. I think Sheffield should have probably been here. He should have probably been here already. And maybe he will be soon. Maybe he will. You know, the Yankees sent down Giovanni Gallegos after the game last night. Not saying that they're going to call up Sheffield tonight, but it is interesting that he's in line to make a start on Monday. Right. And and her mom pitched the other day during a game. 
And, and that would be Herman's start. The Yankees have not announced any starters for the Atlanta series. Really? Yeah. They're all TBD. Huh. I mean, we can probably do the math and figure out who's going to start when, but they haven't announced anything as of yet. I'm, hey, maybe we see Sheffield. Let's let We didn't give someone credit that we need to. And we jumped right down Sonny Gray's throat, which was more than okay, I think. This is what everybody wants us to talk about anyway. That's all. They don't really but care. But there is something else we need to talk about. We need to talk about CC Sabathia. Oh, this is the last thing I'll say about Sonny Gray. Imagine if you can combine the two pitchers. You gave CC's guts and heart and combined it with Sonny Gray's stuff. Yeah, we talked about that last night, man. I mean, what more could you say about CC Sabathia right now? The man is pitching to a 3.02 ERA. He's how old? 37? Yeah. I put a tweet out there that CC Sabathia, at this point in the season, concluding June, has not had an ERA this low since 2004. He had a 2.77 ERA concluding June in 2004. That is absolutely unbelievable. That's what this guy's doing right now. You don't even... I mean, yeah, it's great that CeCe's been so great, but you you almost take that as a bonus because you know every time out there, CeCe's going to leave everything he's got on that mound. Right. And that you appreciate more than anything. And that's why I was fine with them signing this guy. And imagine if they didn't. Imagine right now if they did not sign CeCe Sabathia back in the offseason. They'd be in a lot of trouble right a now. A lot of trouble. A lot. And you saw... Who did he get out to end his... Uh, who made that? It was Betts. How fired up was CC Sabathia? I loved every second of it. And you want to know what his answer was? He was that fired up. Not just because it's the Red Sox, but he had a lefty batter up before him. I think it was Jack. Was it Jackie Bradley? Is Betts leading off? Yeah, it was Jackie yeah. Bradley because I think he hit him at yeah, that point. Yeah, he did. He did. And he said, lefty was up before him. That was my opportunity. I need to get that guy out. And I didn't. He was angry at himself. And then to go out there, to bull your neck, to go down, and to battle with Mookie Betts, arguably the best hitter in baseball right now, and to get him to hit a weak ground ball back to the mound where you come off the mound, all 300 pounds of you, you make the play look easy, you flip it to Bird, and you get your team through the seventh inning Bird of that kind of game. Eight to one. This guy went seven innings with one earned run. I mean, it's ab- and you talk about it making your team look good to decide to push your start back so you can pitch against the Red. CC Zabathia could have very well have went out there the other night and thrown five innings, giving up four runs. And you know what? You would have been okay with it. He went out and gave you seven innings of one run baseball. Absolutely phenomenal. That's the thing with CC, you know. Even if he gives you five runs, four innings, you're okay with it because you know he battled all night long. CC just doesn't give up the game in the first inning. Yeah, that I guess that Tampa game he gave up three runs kind of early, but any pitcher's gonna have a night like that. But he still went seven plus innings in that game and battled all game long. Right. That's what you appreciate about him so much, and what you're gonna miss when he's not a Yankee anymore. I don't think it's hyperbole or exaggeration or whatever word you want to throw out there. 
that this is probably Brian Cashman's greatest free agent acquisition. I was thinking about that the other day. Has there ever been a better one? I really don't think so. Think about all the free agents the Yankees have brought in and thrown tons of money at. Has anybody ever lived up to the expectations in the contract the way CC Sabathia did? No. And when ta- he was brought here, he was brought here to be an ace. And for three or four years, he was an ace. And then, yeah, he did have that dip in his production where it looked like, you know, you were just going to really eat the last few years of that contract. But then... Then he comes back. And, and then, you know what? they're signing him again. He had that issue with... In the 2015 playoffs where he wasn't with the team, and he came back, and since 2016, 17, and now 18, what more could you possibly want this guy to do for you? Nothing more. He clearly doesn't have a 96-mile-an-hour fastball anymore, but somehow he's probably better than when he did. It's crazy. I mean, this is the best I've seen CC Sabathia in a long time. And it's not even what he... We say it all the time. We said it all all season long. I didn't care if CC pitched to a 10 ERA this year. His value to this team goes way beyond what he does on Absolutely. the field. Absolutely. And what you like most about that game on uh, on a Friday night mm-hmm. is the baby bombers. The bright yeah. lights weren't too bright for them. No, and you know what? <sighs> say what you want about the game last night. But when your pitch, when your starting pitcher goes out there and you're fired up as a team, you are fired up that you went out there the night before and won a game eight to one, and you're, then your starting pitcher goes out there, gives up a grand slam in the first inning. You're down six nothing in the second, and you're facing Chris Sale. It could take the wind out of your sails. No of pun intended. Course. I it mean, could. that's it. Your team's done. But that game really turned on its ear in the first inning, first and second with one out, and Glaber chases three high fastballs. Yeah, and you know what? Kill Glaber all you want. Last night he struck out three times. Very uncharacteristic of him. But he got one of the two base hits for the Yankees last oh, night. Let's, uh, so, let's applaud that. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't care how many times the guy struck out. He still got more hits than... Most of the team. So, what did everyone else do? <laughs> Stanton had a base hit. Stanton still hits rockets. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You know? I almost like it when Stan hits these ground balls that are so hard <laughs> that they <laughs> they just they go right to stupid. the... More than I like it when he hits 400. Because it's just embarrassing that this guy can hit the ball it's crazy. that hard on the ground. That the ball just takes off. Like the way it does. But look, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? That that game is erased. You just right? take it and throw it in the garbage. What can you, you do? You got your ace going out there tonight. Sevy's got to go out there and he's got to have a day tonight. He's got to go out there and he's got to he's got to be dominant. He's got to be efficient, and he's got to keep putting his his offense back out on the field. That's it. That's what he has to do. A true ace. A true ace. I'm not saying if he doesn't do this, he's not an ace. What I'm saying is a true ace goes out there and shuts this team down tonight. And this is a big test for for Luis Severino because he this, pitches better against Boston at home than he does in Fenway Park. This is just this in my opinion this is the biggest statement game Luis Severino has had in his career. I think bigger than the wild card game. Yeah, because he blew that. 
Yeah, but that was for him to make a big statement in a playoff yeah, game. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah. So now here we go. Now this is his second biggest statement game. No, this is this is it for him. Because so if he and here's sh- why, and here's why, and here's why. All right. Because you and I can both agree, as great as Luis Severino was last year, he is a completely different pitcher this year. Completely different. Go back to his game logs from last year. Look at how many games he gave up six, seven runs. He doesn't do that anymore. He has truly proven to the entire world that he's an ace. When he doesn't have his good stuff this year, it's still good. Will he give up three runs when he doesn't have his good stuff? Not even. Two. How many times this year have we sat there on this show and said, yeah, Sevy didn't really have it last night, but he gave up one run over he six was innings. Seven <laughs> innings, one run. Didn't really have his good stuff. I mean, come on. Last year, Sevy didn't have that kind of dominant stuff. He was actually more dominant after the All-Star, after the All-Star break. Because no, I, I, yeah, no. I believe that even – I think he pitched the final game before the All-Star break. And he got shelled. He gave up like eight runs. Severino did have a much better second half than he did a first half last year. And and it salvaged his season. But in its entirety this year, from what he's done, this guy is 12-2 and two with the lowest DRA in the American League. So this is the biggest statement for him in his entire career. Because, yeah, he was your guy last year, but he wasn't on this level. He wasn't on this level. So if he goes out there and he gives up five runs and he and Boone's got to take him out in the fourth inning because he's got a high pitch counter, you have no faith in him anymore? No. As a fan, we chalk it up to Seve just not having his stuff, and maybe he does need a little bit more time to mature to be that pitcher that we need him to be going forward. I'm not saying that doesn't make him any less great, but a mature, well-composed ace goes out there tonight and he does everything he can to shut this team down. You're on the national stage, Sunday night baseball, in the biggest game of the year thus far. Sevy's only 24 years old. 24, man. That's why I say over and over, he is the most valuable pitcher in baseball. Because he's not just dominant, he's 24. So you know as great as he is, he has still not even reached his physical prime yet. Right. So he's going to get better. Yes. Or at least you'd hope so anyway. Who said it the other day? I think it was Michael Kay on his show. He said, this is the worst Yankees team you'll see in the next five years. Probably correct. Isn't probably that correct. sickening? This is probably the worst Yankee team you'll see in the next five years. And here's something that Ken Rosenthal said on a video he posted on Twitter. That, I love this. This is great. That... I kind of agree with, even though we don't want it to happen and we'll be really pissed off if it does, the Red Sox need to win the division this year, more so than the Yankees do. Because the Red Sox window is not open, or excuse me, it's not going to be wide open for the next five or six years like the Yankees is. Kimbrell, and uh, I'm not going to go back and look, but right off the bat, Kimbrell's a free agent after this season. Do they re-sign him? I don't know, do they? I think you have to. They have much bigger payroll issues than the Yankees do. Their payroll is way over $200 million right now. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, are they going to spend big money on a closer? I mean, they don't really have other bullpen options like the Yankees do. So, you look at it, and then if you go even 
So they're losing. They have a bunch of guys that are free agents coming off their roster at the end of this season. Then, and I was wrong about this last night because I was listening to the Jackasses on Fox. Uh, J.D. Martinez does not have an opt-out after this season. He has an opt-out okay, out I didn't after, think so. That... He has an opt-out after next season. Okay, that makes more sense. I said to you last night, why would they sign a guy and give him an opt-out after one year? It's a, it's a lose-lose. The Mets did that with Cespedes. They gave him Come a... on. Right. Don't don't use don't use the Mets as an example, please. But the Mets original contract with Cespedes after uh, he became a free agent after the trade was a three year, seventy five million dollar deal with opt outs after each of the first two seasons. So it's not unheard of, but it is also the Mets. It is also the Mets. But it's just, it's a lose lose to give a guy like that an opt out after one year. It's either he sucked for your team and he's not gonna risk opting out. Or he's going to do what you wanted him to do, and then he's going to opt out and ask for more money. So, and then Martinez could be a free agent. I think Bogarts is a free agent and a bunch of other guys. So their window really could end this year and will probably definitely be closed at the end of 2019. Which is when you can make the argument. The Yankees will have their best team. Their best team. Because what Rosenthal had the great point in saying is that even if the Yankees lose guys to free agency, they have guys in their minor league system that can step up and be replacements. Because even with Glaber Torres, uh, quote, graduating, the Yankees still have the second or third best rated farm system in baseball right now. And the Red Sox, I believe, are 24th. Yeah, they don't have many guys down there. And that's why people are like, oh, can the Red Sox make a big deal? Can they get Brad Hand? Can they... Get another. Do they want to bolster their rotation? Do they have guys in their minor league system no. to make that? Because really, they shot their load getting Chris Sale here, and which is fine. But you need to win a championship before that window closes. That's fine. You want to shoot so, your load? You honestly, shoot your load, but you better win. We don't. I mean, I hate to say it, and I don't. And I God hope it doesn't. I hope to God it doesn't happen. But the pressure is really on Boston much more than it is on the Yankees to win this season. There's n- Listen, there might be some internal pressure. There might be some pressure from the fan base because of what this team did last year. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I, I hate to say it like this because you want a World Series win every year. No, I'm not and, saying that I don't. Right. I'd be okay with them losing. But, but there's no rush. I mean, this team has five, six years of an open window. Barring it without anybody right. you know, getting major league. Whereas the Red Sox, they make this move for Chris Sale. You have three years, really, to do something with it. And Cashman said it when he was questioned, why didn't you go after Sale? He said, in two, was it 2016 when they brought 16, him 16, yeah. He said, you don't make that move when you're rebuilding. That's a move you make when you need one final piece to win a World Series. Right. So now the Red Sox are in their third year trying to win that World Series with Chris Sale. Who I also... I don't know if it's at the end of this... It might be the end of this year. It's definitely at the end of 2019. Sale's a free agent. So they... No, they got Sale to start last season. Right? I think last year was his first year as as a Red Sox. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think it was... They acquired him in the offseason after the 2016 season. And I think 2017 was his first No, you're right. Year. Yep. This is his second year with But look, with, with I mean, how many times can we say it? 
Watch what Chris Sale does in August and September. He's not the same pitcher. So do you really want to give up your entire farm system? Yeah, he, he for was traded like for that? on December 6th of 2016 is when they acquired him. Right. But 2017 was his first full season with the with the Red Sox. So, yeah, I mean, even going into... Yeah, so now that does change the dynamic a little bit of what I was saying, but not really because the Yankees even to themselves said last year, they said best case scenario, we're in contention for the second wild card. Right. That's what they thought. Nobody thought they would be at the doorstep of going to the World Series last year, nor did they, anybody think that they would be one of the top contenders for a World Series this year. I don't. Think it was always supposed to be 2019. I don't think this is the case as literal as it was last year. Um, but the Yankees are still kind of playing with house money. I mean, this team still hasn't gotten to the point where they need to start winning yet. You know what though? You can't lose in a division. No, round. you can't. You can't. You can't lose Again, a wild card. Again, that's why game. I don't I don't like talking like this. Right? I'm just talking about in a realistic sense that this team you know when the fall hits, you turn off your AC, you don't need it anymore, you crack your window open. That's where this team is right now. And that window is going to keep getting a little bit bigger up until the next few years when it's wide open. And then you're going to start shutting that window. The Red Sox window is closing. It's on, the, it's, on, it's on the way back down. Yankees have to win a World Series in the next three years, though. They, they have, have to. They have to, and they're going to. They're going to. Either this year, 2019, 2020, they have to win a World Series. In one of those as much years. as I love this team and as, as optimistic and great as I feel, they do scare me a bit. They're flawed. This is still a flawed team. They you scare don't like, me a little bit. You don't like that they've been shut out three times in the last seven games now. That's a bad That doesn't tr- bother me, though. That's a bad trend. It's a bad trend, but it doesn't bother me. They need to click. They're still not great defensively, which is going to haunt you in the playoffs. They need to click. And it'll get there. I think this team does have the potential. But on the other side, just talking about this year's team, this team has not gotten hot offensively yet this year. No. You can honestly say that they haven't. They haven't. So anything else about the Red Sox? No, man. I mean, they got to go out there. They got to win tonight. All right. Plain and simple. A couple things quickly I want to hit on here. Uh, Brandon Drury got called up uh, before Friday's game. Made his debut last night. And everyone... <laughs> for a month now, we everyone's wanted Brandon Drury up in this lineup. Yeah. And then Greg Bird has one good game, and everyone's flipping out that he's benched for Brandon Drury. So, go figure. So, to defend Aaron Boone's decision-making here, which I have no problem with, it is we always say it again. You and I, that it's a total Joe Girardi move that a, a guy that's been struggling finally has a big game and then you put him on the bench Benched. the next day. But but this made the most sense. Boone even prefaced, uh, prefaced this by saying that the Eduardo Rodriguez splits versus lefties aren't that bad. Lefties Bird, hit. Bird had a uh, home run off of him in his career and a couple other hits. So Bird actually had decent numbers against him too. Lefties hit 270 career versus Eduardo Rodriguez. That's a high average. Especially. Guess what it is against uh, Chris Sale for Chris Sale's career. Oh, my God. Going into the game last night, it was 202. That's crazy. 
So yeah, I thought it'd be lower than that. So yeah, I could. I'm not usually a guy that's like, oh, lefty versus lefty. You have to sit the lefty batter. Because I always think you should put your best lineup out regardless of what side of the plate they hit on. But it made sense last night. Absolutely. You give him a day. You let Brandon Drury get his feet wet again. You give him a day, and now Bird has to go out there and have a big game tonight. They all do. They all do. The thing that I was so baffled with is for how many weeks, months, have we been fielding tweets and comments? Brandon Drury's got to be on this team. Greg Bird sucks. Brandon Drury's got to be on this team. Greg Bird sucks. Then it happens, and everyone's mad. Greg Bird has one big game. Brandon Drury goes in a lineup to replace him the next day. And, oh, how could you have Brandon Drury in this lineup? And Greg Bird hit two home runs last night. (laughs) That's reactionary. That's reactionary. I was told I was reactionary because I'm done with Sonny Gray after last night. Come on. Uh, Also, Austin Romine. You and I thought Austin Romine left the game last night because of the score. So did I. Which was kind of true. It was, but it wasn't. He actually had an injury. He had a hamstring tightness. From what Boone said, it sounded like if it was a 2 to nothing game, they might have kept Romine out there. So he's day-to-day. He's playing tonight. I don't know about that. I'm not so sure about that. I'll bet you $3. I'm not, not. I'll bet you three bucks. All right, fine. You have three dollars. Uh, fine. Bet you three bucks. Okay. Romine's in the lineup. Fine. Tonight. You were gonna shake on it. No, we'll just pretend that we did. Okay. Um. Here's my thought process regarding that. Now we're in a position where we thought for at least a few minutes that Kyle Higashioka was going to be the starting Jesus catcher Christ. for the New York Yankees. Yeah. That can't happen. So this is where you get into trouble when you don't want Gary Sanchez on this ball club. Right. Because you're an Austin Romine injury away from Kyle Higashioka <laughs> being the starting catcher for the New York Yankees. And I'm sure... And why do you have the fucking screwdriver out again? <laughs> I'm going to hide that next pod. <laughs> Kyle Higashioka is the worst backup catcher in baseball right? and i watched pat to the pinstripes he seems like a really nice such a nice guy he seems like such a nice guy he really does but dude hit 190 for scranton this year yeah and if austin romine trips and hits a wall and knocks himself out kyle gashioka is the starting catcher for the new york yankees yeah, come on you want to talk about automatic out does the guy have a major league hit yet no jesus no. christ and let me bring up... You know who real... my boy is, by the way? Who? Justice Sheffield. Yeah, we know that. Already. No, I watched him like I actually like him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Let me bring up what the Yankees' backup replacements would be. I meant like watched him on the show. No, I understood what you said. I Seems didn't like think, a cool guy. I didn't think you went down there and started uh, no, no, I didn't stalking mean, him. I didn't mean I just watched him as a pitcher. I've been following him. I watched him as a person. All right, our buddy Dan Federico tweeted these stats out. So now if Austin Romine has to spend any considerable time on a DL while Gary's out, guess uh, Francisco Diaz uh, and Wilkin Castillo, who are not on the 40-man, which means now you need to lose somebody right. to bring these jabronis up. Right. And I'm sure that both these guys are also swell individuals. <laughs> but Francisco Diaz, who they're veteran run-around type guys. I mean, they're knock-around guys. So, I mean, like, what are you expecting out of them? Diaz is hitting a little bit better, 289 right now. 
And Wilkin Castillo is bad 244. I like Castillo. He's a good defensive catcher. Oh, yeah. So Kyle Gashioka and Wilkin Castillo could be the Yankees catchers because Gary Sanchez sucks, so it's okay that he's injured. <laughs> and now Austin Romine, your hero, your hero Austin Romine, who, let me look this up real quick, because when he was hitting 350... Everyone wanted to blow him. Now what? Now he's betting, what, 265, 260... Maybe 255. Uh, coming into the game tonight, Austin Romine's batting 274. Okay. So, there you go. I mean, how many people had to tell you he's not a 340 hitter, 330 hitter, 320 hitter, even a 300 hitter? All right, here's here's Austin Romine's career batting numbers, right? And I love him. I love Austin Romine. He's I, I'm not the even best gonna... backup catcher in baseball. Easy. This is crazy. Did you know he only had two at bats in 2015? Yeah, I believe that. All right, it he is... wasn't the backup catcher then. All right, Once two... his face was in 2013. This is when he had considerable time behind the plate. 2013, 135 at bats, 207. All right, then we jump down to 2016, 176 at bats. Uh, he batted 242 last year. When he played a considerable amount of time because Gary was hurt also, 252 was the amount of bats. He batted 218. So, yeah, he's not a 350 hitter. No, he's just about a 220 hitter. And now uh, he's a career 228 hitter. Okay. And, and this you know season, what? I'm in, fine with that. And this season in 100 and uh, no 95 at bats, he's hitting 274. He got hot for a little bit. Everybody wanted to ride the Austin right. Romine train, and now that he's playing a little bit more often, now we see what and we're Austin... not knocking Austin Romine. No, this just this goes is to great. Show you. I love him, but this is what you get. You really get. So all these morons who are calling for Sanchez's head and want Romine starting more games. Guess what? You're putting almost an automatic out in that lineup. Yeah, what? You might have a guy block a few more balls, but how many runs is Sanchez really giving up with these pass balls? How many? In a full season? I don't know. Two. Eight, nine. Three. Twelve. Seventy-four. But he's... <laughs> Come on. Come on, people. Think. Think. That's all I ask. And I'll, this is the last time we'll say on it, because this is... And I'm, I'm going to say this so I'm blue in the face, but I'm not going to say it anymore. All right? Uh, that's when you lose. Everybody's like, yeah, Gary Sanchez sucks, so we he, Austin Romine should play. But that's the beauty of Gary Sanchez being bad is that you have Austin Romine to back him right. up. When Gary's not there, Austin Romine steps into a starting role and you and you're have an automatic out in your lineup. And how good is Kyle Higashioka, uh, Jose Molina behind the plate? No. So what is Kyle Higashioka's value? Seriously. Mm, nothing. Maybe he's bilingual. Is he? Maybe he can be the translator. All right. You got anything else you want to cover today? No, man. You know, anyone listening to this before this game, be pumped up tonight. Throw that game out. From last night, and be pumped up tonight. Sevi Sevi has a lot of players he needs to pick up. He needs to go out there 
and he needs to pick up Sonny Gray tonight. This is what I'll say. I just I have a bad feeling about this game because of David Price. I know the Yankees always seem to hit him, but he, man, he's got if he's a man, he's got to step up tonight. After the way he was embarrassed in the media and by the fan base up there and by our fan base because he had his little tar- carpal tunnel syndrome and completely avoided playing the Yankees the last time. Come last on two now. Times. Well, he made the start the previous time, and he lasted an inning, but oh, yeah. he also got shellacked in that first inning. Yeah. And now, because you were playing too many in the... Oh, I play too many video games? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. If if David Price has an ounce of manhood in him, he's going to step up and pitch a big game tonight. Come on, bro. Fortnite. Loser. That's why I worry about this game, because I... Don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be close. But if the Yankees lose tonight, it's not be, I have a feeling if they do lose tonight, it won't be because Luis Severino just shit the bed. No. It'll be because they just couldn't hit. But ain't going to happen, pal. All right, so uh, episode 56, you won't, you'll, you're going to fall I so... I literally don't care. You'll fall so far hard Stand, on your face. Standing sturts? No, you got that one. Right? Yeah. That's it. That, that's you're, all I care about. Holder wears 56. Oh, yeah. I knew that. And um, Al Leiter, as a rookie, wore 56. My most hated announcer on the Yes broadcast. And uh, let's see, anybody else of uh, note here? Um, Tony Pena wore 56 as uh, as the coach during, really? during those years. What's he up to? I don't know what he's up to. I feel like I haven't heard much of him. Did he go somewhere? I thought he did. Whatever. Uh, I don't know. It's not that important, right? No. Uh, so, yeah, tonight Yanks wrap up with Boston. Then we got a three-game set with the Atlanta Braves. I'll be at the stadium on uh, Monday night. It's supposed to be under 100, so that should be Thanks pleasant. for the invite. Thanks. When I do invite you places, you don't ever come. Did I not go to the game last week with you? That was different. That's the only thing you ever invite me to. So. Are you are you hurt feelings right now? Kind of. Am I not allowed to go to a bowl game with my wife? Just you never even told me about it to maybe get tickets for myself and my wife. I got these tickets for free. Okay. So do you want to know where I'm sitting? No. So you can come? No. So you really I don't, don't want to be an afterthought for you. You're not an afterthought. I always tell you that I'm going to the game. I've been I've never been this is it the first three, time I've heard of it. Uh, you know what? You're just a sourpuss. You just like to make arguments for argument's sake. I'm a Yankee fan. That's what you do? Yeah. So I these are uh my Yankee Universe tickets. I wanted to go uh I wanted to get a, an interesting game with those cuz and I thought the Braves would be a good team to go catch, you know, that's a young team. They were people are comparing Sorry. People are comparing them to the Yankees of last year. Yeah. That's a fun series. Acuna and Albies. And Is Acuna got, playing? Is he hurt? still hurt? I don't know. That injury was really bad. I haven't really followed him since. But, uh, but Acuna, he hit a grand slam last night, didn't he? Yeah. I guess you're right. So we'll see. That should be a fun series, though. And then uh, it concludes a 1 o'clock matinee on July 4th. Yanks have an off day on uh, July 5th, and that's their last off day before the All-Star break, and then they head out on the road. Is that going to be our last show? What do you mean? When's our last show? We're going to take a little hiatus with the All-Star break now. Uh, we're going to do a show July 5th. That's a Thursday. And, and the 14th. 
Yeah, which is... We're going to record on the 14th. Well, that's up to you if you want to do something during the week. If not, then we'll just do on uh, a show on the 14th. Because I'm going on vacation the 15th, so that'll be our wrap-up for... Mid-season. Uh, our mid-season wrap-up there. We'll figure Unless, it out. Yeah. So we'll definitely... Should pencil in this Thursday as the next show. Yeah, and then we'll see. We'll see what we'll happens go from there. there. Yeah. All right. So, like we said, Yanks will complete the series with Boston tonight at eight oh five, and then three for the Braves. So you know, we'll see what happens with that. All right. And um, that's it, right? You know, that's have, it for me, man. That's it for you. Oh, we should mention before we go. Last night was a ten-year anniversary of Brett Gardner getting called up to the New York Yankees. We tried getting him on the pod. But didn't work out today, so. And I just want to—I want to spend like a quick minute on Guardy. Literally a minute. Now it's two because you had to interrupt me. Um, the guy's been here for ten years, mm-hmm. right? And we all—we all love the guy. Plays mm-hmm. hard. Very but hard. does he have a signature Yankees moment? Does he have that one big guarding moment where, like, yeah, that's... I mean, I guess... There's one that comes to my mind. And what what is it? You tell me. It's not even a postseason moment. Mine, I mean, maybe because it's the freshest one in my mind, but it pops in, into my head right away, is a three-run home run he hit in Chicago that's last it. year. That was in my head. That's his moment. I mean, he had a huge moment the game we were at this year, but... Which, I mean, what was that? What do you mean? When he hit that ninth inning home run to tie the game, and oh. then it went into extras. And it was then against Torres Houston. Walk off, yeah. It was against Houston. Yeah. But what that home run did for Guardy last year was it's more what Chicago, it did for the, what it did for the team last year. I mean, it really turned the season. They needed that, and it kind of labeled him as, you know, a guy who's been very clutch for this team that you kind of don't realize he's been that clutch you know what it did last year against the defending world champions and the yankees were coming off of you know they were they were playing really well at that point it kind of signified that maybe the yankees were it'd be the first game of a three-game sweep against the defending world champions kind of signified that maybe the yankees were gonna we're we're gonna be a player there last year yeah i agree kind of crazy to think about it though that Gardy is the only player, if I'm not mistaken, on the current roster to play in the old Yankee Stadium. Wow. It's got to be true. Right? It's got to be. I mean, him and Sabathia are the two longest tenured Yankees, and Sabathia came here in 2009. Yeah. So Brett Gardner is the only Yankee on the current roster to play in the old Yankee Stadium. For the old Yankee Stadium to be his home stadium. Yeah, to be his home, unless you count Aaron Boone. I mean, technically, he's not really on the roster. This guy doesn't even wear a fucking jersey. You want to call him a... a... Does that bother you? (laughs) No, not at all. I love it. But for the postseason, can he wear his jersey? No. Love it. No? No. Why why change it? Why change at that point, right? right? All right. So that should wrap up episode 56. Definitely check out uh, the description to this podcast for the links to our social media accounts. Check out... NYYSportsTalk.com, our new Glaber Gone t-shirt. We will be giving away two Glaber Gone t-shirts right after he hits his next home run. You got to follow Chris and myself personally to be eligible for that giveaway. So um, thank you for listening. And uh, Chris. I kind of like you.
Say goodbye. <laughs>